Treat us on Saint Athanasius by Father Anthony Meredith. We keep the feast of Saint Athanasius on the 2nd of May. He died in the year 373 and was, when he died, Bishop of Alexandria. He was born probably in 296 and uh, began life as deacon to the Bishop of Alexandria, whom he succeeded in the see in 328. The most remarkable features about Athanasius are that he was a strong opponent of the then dominant heresy in the church, the Arian heresy. The Arians believed that Christ was Son of God, but only in between. He was neither true God or true man. He was in between both. He was somehow or other not truly God, but in between creator and creation, in between the two. Neither one, strictly speaking, nor the other, but in between the two. And unless the Arians have made out of being responsible for having launched this particular point of view, and it provoked in Athanasius an enormous amount of controversial vigour. And he wrote three sermons or three books against the Arians in which he dealt with the passages in Scripture which they had used in order to prove that Christ was not indeed truly God. So his great contribution to the history of the Church is his affirmation and strong defence of the full divinity of Christ, a truth which we affirm regularly in the Creed, God from God, light from light, very God from very God, begotten, not made, of one in substance with the Father, or consubstantial with the Father. This is thoroughly Athanasian. We owe it a good deal to Athanasius, who was present at the Council of Nicaea in 325, the first ecumenical council, at which this truth was affirmed. And he succeeded to the sea three years later in 328. We had a difficult time as Archbishop of Alexandria, a very difficult time indeed, because he had to deal with the masters of the Roman Empire at the time, some of whom were not indeed thoroughly convinced Nicenes in their point of view. They supported more the position of Arius. And as a result of all this, Athanasius was deposed and exiled from his see on at least three occasions. He spent about 15 years of his episcopal period, from 328 to 373, in exile. He was deposed in 335 for two years. He was in exile again in 339 to 346, that's six, seven years. And the third exile, 356 to 362, and a bit later on as well, one year later. So that only makes up the amount of time he was in exile. So he didn't simply affirm the faith and write against heresy, but he also suffered for it, because he was expelled from his Episcopal see on the three occasions and had to go elsewhere. So there we have something of his life, and now I'll say a few words about what he wrote. Apart from the speeches against Arius, the two other important books that he wrote, which are very important for the later history of the Church. The first of them is the Treatise on the Incarnation, a very well-known treatise, composed when I think he was quite a young man, before he became Archbishop, so sometime between 296 and 320. So he must have been quite a young man when it appeared. He was obviously a young man of considerable ability, 
because the work embraces a good deal of ancient philosophy of which he was clearly well aware, above all, of what Plato had said. And the main thrust of this important work is to prove or to argue for why God became man. Cur Deus Homo, why did God become man? And this he regarded as a very important element in our lives. He saw indeed it was very difficult clearly to affirm the incarnation because if you believe God is everywhere, God is here all the time, how could he come to be in a particular place at a particular time? And that particular place at a particular time was in the course of his incarnation. He came, in other words, among us in order to deliver us from the power of evil. So the reason why he took upon himself the important but challenging task of becoming a human being, why Christ, why the Son of Man, who is also the Son of God, became a human being, was in order to achieve some very important purpose. And the very important purpose was that by his incarnation, he was able to raise human nature up to the higher conditions. Son of God became the Son of Man, that the sons of men might become the sons of God. So he writes in his treatise on the Incarnation as follows. The Word of God thus acted consistently in assuming a body and using a human instrument to vitalize the body. He was consistent in working through man to reveal himself everywhere as well as through the other parts of the creation so that nothing was left void of his divinity and knowledge. The whole universe was thus filled with the knowledge of the Lord. That's why he became man, in order to fill the universe with the knowledge of the Lord, above all through filling human beings, through the divine nature which he assumed of a human being, why it was he was absolutely vital that he became man, for our sake. So that really does, rather briefly, encapsulate the important truths about Athanasius and his life. Why did the Son of God become man, in order that the sons of men might become the sons of God? This is something which is clearly set out in the 43rd to 45th sections of the treatise on the Incarnation, which received its first edition by a now long since dead Oxford scholar, Dr. Frank Leslie Cross. But there's another work of his which was very important, and uh, not quite of the same type as his controversial writings, or what you might call his strictly theological writings. In about the year 360, he wrote A Life of Antony, who was a desert father. And in the words of a well-known, well, he wrote, used the words himself in the life of Antony, the desert a city. He filled the desert of Egypt with monks who followed his example, Antony did. And Athanasius wrote his life shortly after Antony's death in 356, in which he particularly approved of Antony, not only because he lived a very austere life, but also because he was a strong opponent of Arianism. So even in his spiritual writings, Athanasius is absolutely overcome by his desire to deal with what he regarded as the most serious heresy, that is to say, the making of the Son of God into 
a being who was in between divinity and creation. And I think that's the most important thing to say about Athanasius, so perhaps that's a good moment to terminate my reflections. <laughs>